With the latest school shooting in the U.S., guns and gun control, of course, been back in the headlines. And the Canadian federal government on Monday announcing that it has tabled legislation that will effectively freeze the buying, selling, importing, and trading of handguns right across this country. Now, that's among several firearm control measures in this new Bill C-21, which also targets gun smuggling and will increase penalties for firearm-related offenses. Here is Prime Minister Trudeau on this yesterday. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In our discussions with law enforcement, advocates, and experts, it became apparent that we needed a different solution. So we decided to take a new route something that would tackle this issue at a national level. Joseph Newberger is a criminal lawyer with Newberger and Partners. He's also the host of the Not On Record podcast and joins us now for more on this. Joe, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. All right, this legislation, it is making headlines right around the world. It doesn't just uh, ban handguns outright, but uh, will put a freeze on them. Can you explain for us, uh, Joe, how this bill endeavors to do that, to put a freeze on handguns? Well, it's actually quite, um, you know, it's a very aggressive piece of legislation because what they're suggesting is that there will be an inability going forward once this legislation is passed for people to purchase handguns. And so you won't be able to own it. You won't be able to own a handgun. There will be exceptions for people who are, are currently lawful owners. And uh, they'll be able to keep the handguns, but if they want to transfer them, it'll only be to designated uh, companies uh, that they'll be allowed to sell to. So this is now um, legislation which is looking forward, so it's proactive in nature. But from what I'm reading, and of course I don't have the full uh, legislation, but from what I'm reading is that this is an outright ban on ownership of handguns and, and the selling and importing of them. So how would this new law affect those uh, who use handguns or guns for sports? I'm thinking in particular Olympic or Paralympic athletes, or maybe those that uh, use guns in, uh, or props anyways, uh, prop guns, say, on uh, movie sets and such. Do we know? Yeah, so that's a good question. So there is apparently exception here for um, <clears throat> people who are using uh, firearms for the purposes of uh, sporting events, uh, if they're competing, you know, nationally or if they're competing internationally, there will be exceptions for those types of activities, and they will be protected by the legislation for that. But uh, and you know, there is still uh, ownership of um, you know long guns for the purposes of hunting and sport, but this is specifically targeted handguns. So if somebody, like you're saying, is competing for the Olympics or or other type of competition for handgun uh, related sports they'll be exempt. Right, you mentioned long guns. That, of course, has uh, been in the uh, headlines uh, over the years, uh, long guns when it comes to uh, gun control in this uh, country. And there's also a provision in there, uh, Joe, regarding long gun magazines. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, they're going to have to be uh, altered in such a way that they cannot have a max. They can't, have, they can't be altered so you can have added capacity. In fact, that they're going to restrict the capacity of the actual magazines to a limited amount of bullets and frankly it escapes me what the number is but it's quite it's a it's a low number 
And the idea, again, is for anybody who would have a long gun uh, that would have a you know, significant capacity, uh, that's just not going to be allowed anymore. That'll be completely banned as well. All right. Also part of this uh, bill, uh, Bill C-21, is uh, something called a, a red flag law. Can you talk to us about that, uh, Joe? What exactly is that? Yeah, so this is, a, it's great for you to bring up because this is interesting. And this um, was something which was put forward by a number of groups, particularly those who are at risk for uh, domestic violence or others. So there will be uh, permission for uh, judges to impose uh, restrictions on individuals um, possessing firearms if there are risks associated with um, domestic abuse, criminal harassment, or other type offenses of that nature without them being proven. So um, this uh, is, again, proactive to deal with uh, other violence that may uh, result within a domestic context so that um, people can be protected and it can uh, an order can be put in place so that a person uh, will not be able to possess those handguns. Um, and uh, th- there's also a yellow flag as well here. And, and also this deals with people who are not just within the domestic context, but if there's issues related to mental health issues, if they're posing a risk to themselves or to others where you have health, mental health related issues. So they're trying to be proactive to deal with those preventative situations, because if you have that in place and there's somebody who is an owner, and unfortunately they may pose a risk to themselves or others, uh, there can be intervention through the justice system. All right. Obviously, in the last four or five minutes, we've covered a lot here. There's a lot of provisions in this uh, bill, C-21. And this is, uh, Joe, a bit of a shift because the federal government, uh, they had pledged to work with various provinces and territories, but now they are really taking matters into their own hands when it comes to uh, guns and uh, firearms. Could you see possibly some legal or constitutional challenges maybe arising from this? Yeah. So again, another excellent point. This is where we get to the nub of it. So I think we can all agree in Canada that the majority of um, violent offenses using uh, firearms are handguns, but the majority uh, of those offenses are related to organized crime or gang related uh, activities where there are traffic we're at the source there's trafficking in firearms that comes across the border from the united states there is a rather lower percentage of uh handguns which are owned uh, lawfully but then stolen that participate in this there's a a vast majority of the handguns used in organized crime uh, come from uh, importation from the united states or other jurisdictions so i can see lawful gun owners who who either now or in the future want to own for the purposes of sport or collection or other other reasons would say that their rights to pursue this interest is infringed by the fact that um, the majority of crimes are not committed by lawful gun owners or by individuals uh, who have stolen their guns. That said, you know, our constitution and our charter does not protect the right to bear arms. And the United States has this robust history entrenched in how they uh, you know, came to birth as a country. And so the right to bear arms in the United States is very heavily entrenched constitutionally, as well as in the mindset of Americans. It's quite different here in Canada. So a challenge might not have much success here in Canada because we don't specifically protect the ownership of firearms. 
All right, there's a national handgun freeze. I mean, this bill would amend uh, the Firearms Act, uh, again, to prevent, as we've been talking about, uh, most from buying, selling, or transferring handguns. It's one thing to have that in a bill and to talk about it. It's another thing to enforce it. Do we, do we know how something like a, a national handgun freeze would be enforced? Well, you know, those details will have to be rolled out by government if the legislation passes. But I assume once you have a freeze... Um, that in and of itself will mean that there will be criminal penalties or quasi-criminal penalties for anybody who's involved in the selling of, of handguns once that legislation uh, comes into force. So uh, police can enforce that and, and related uh, government agencies. So I, I suspect that this will come with a rather robust enforcement regime, which can be done because this is an all right, this is a complete freeze. And so it's going to prevent those who uh, normally had sold handguns to now cease from selling them. So I, I think it can be done. Um, and of course, police can enforce this. But always what it comes down to when you have new legislation coming in, you have to have the infrastructure well funded. And, and of course, that's always been an issue across Canada. Mm-hmm. Do we know what the proposed penalties are for a firearm offense under this uh, new bill? Has that been spelled out? I haven't read it yet, but they're seeking to increase penalties for gun-related offenses. And, you know, whether they try and increase or if they want to put in, you know, higher mandatory minimums, that's something that will be dealt with by the courts. We are still seeing, for gun-related offenses, very high sentencing rates. Um, And so I I, I don't know if that's really going to make a difference. I see that more as a political thing than, than others, because I think our courts are dealing with sentencing in quite, you know, a robust manner. Um, but I haven't seen it spelled out just yet as to uh, what penalties uh, and tied to which specific crimes. But I'm, I'm sure they're going to be attached to the regular types of offenses as well as maybe domestic-related offenses as well. All right, just finally, uh, Joe, <clears throat> excuse me, it's worth uh, noting the number of registered handguns in this country increased by 71% in the 10 years between uh, 2010 and 2020, reaching approximately just over a million. That's according to uh, federal statistics. So there seems to be a, a renewed priority, if you will, for the federal government, uh, for the liberals. Do we know when we can expect uh, these regulations might come into force? Well, according to the media post, they're trying to get this passed through swiftly. And frankly, uh, this legislation could pass within you know, less than you know, a 90-day period because the, uh, if um, Mr. Trudeau, our prime minister, has the support of the NDP, they have control of parliament now. Uh, so I see that they can uh, marshal this through quite quickly, and then it'll be up to the Senate to take a look at it. But you, know, you, could, you could get this in fairly fast order. I expect uh, this is something more in line of about nine months to a year, because I think the Senate will look at it. But if they feel that there is, if the politicians and the Senate believes that there is some uh, public safety issue here, which is really uh, a pressing concern, it might go faster. All right. Very informative, as always. Appreciate the breakdown. And uh, Joe, thanks for the time. Thanks, Jeff, for having me on. Take care. You too. Joseph Newberger is a criminal lawyer with Newberger and Partners and host of the Not On Record podcast. And we're back after this break here on the Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.